Hey, thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope that you'll be able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope that this message will be an inspiration to you and that you'll find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Spiritual blindness, cause and cure. All right. Um, self-righteousness, and really that's the essence of what we're going to be talking about because self-righteousness causes spiritual blindness. As a matter of fact, it's maybe one of the major causes of spiritual blindness, self-righteousness. And that is one thing we do not want in our lives. We don't want pride. There's a lot of things we don't want in our lives. Um, we don't want pride in our, uh, our, our lives. Uh, even, you know, attending faith assembly, if we're not careful, I mean, um, this is a good church along with a lot of other good churches in this city, but this is a good church. Somebody could even become prideful. They meet somebody, you know, and they say, well, where do you go to church? And they mention a name. Oh, I feel sorry for you. And, uh, you know, and they say, well, where do you go? Faith assembly. Where else? Uh, well, look, we, we don't want pride to enter our life on any level. Say amen. All right. Uh, no matter what uh, we uh, have in life, no matter what church we attend, uh, no matter whatever we have or possess or uh, presently occupy, we do not want pride in our life. Neither do we want self-righteousness in our life. So, we're going to look at this through Scripture and what the uh, mostly New Testament says about self-righteousness and what Jesus said about it. And maybe you know all about this subject, and maybe you could get up here and off the cuff, uh, give a pretty good sermon on the subject. Well, listen, uh, there are those of you in here that it's a good refresher if you already know it. It's a good refresher because we need to be a conveyor of truth, amen? Things we learn here in this church and through our personal study of the Word, we should convey to others. We should help disciple others. We should help mentor others uh, as they walk through life. All right, so it caused, self-righteousness caused the Jews to miss their Messiah. Imagine that. Self-righteousness caused the Jews to miss the Messiah that they all said they had been looking for uh, for years and years, their whole life, all right? So it caused them to miss the Messiah. Let's go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. And the Bible says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Paul writing this, of course. His prayer, his desire was for all the Jews to be saved. In verse 3, it says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. They were ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking, look at this, to establish their own righteousness. All right. Have not submitted to the righteousness of God. They, Christ came into his own and his own received him not, John 1 says. So they rejected Christ. They rejected God's righteousness, which was in the embodiment of Jesus Christ himself. So what were they doing? They were relying on the law. 
They were relying on who they were as Jews. They were relying on Moses uh, and their relationship there, but maybe more so the law. All right, and they, uh, they relied on that. And the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, uh, Herodians, they were all uh, convinced that their knowledge of the word was what would make them right in the eyes of God. And it was that dependence on the law that caused them to miss righteousness himself when he showed up walking among them. And uh, verse 4, for Christ, here it is, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Wow. All right. Um, I was going to share this earlier and I forgot. Let me just throw it in there right now. Um, Next week, Pastor John is going to be speaking, so you want to come back, all right? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be singing and preaching. I don't know if it's going to be the John Dreyer show, Pastor John Dreyer show or not, all right? But uh, he may or may not be leading worship, but he's supposed to be speaking next Wednesday night. You don't want to miss it. He's, he's great, fabulous, all right? And uh, Pastor John, or not Pastor John, but Pastor Johnny will be here speaking this weekend. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, they've been on a, a, a sabbatical. He may say something about that himself. And um, then I'm praying about where to go on Wednesday night. For 30 plus years, we've gone through books of the Bible uh, all through the years. I've been through Revelation about three times, uh, and uh, I was talking to Pastor Jason beforehand, and we were mentioning this to each other, and uh, I I said, yeah, a great book would be, my all-time favorite book is the book of James, and he said, I was just thinking about that, and it is a great book, so I'm not sure we're going to James, but we're going to look at in the uh, next couple weeks, starting uh, on a book, all right, so uh, plan to hold us to it and pray for us, all right, anyway, verse um, where are we at? Let's go to um, Isaiah 64, 6. But we are like an unclean thing. Everybody's heard of this verse. And all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. Or our attempt to be right before God outside of Christ and our total dependence on him. Now, the, the challenge is this. Um, people that uh, are not born again, uh, self-righteousness is just another sin of many, all right? They're, they're sinful people. We were sinful before we came to Christ. But now that we're born again, We got to make sure we never, ever start depending on something else other than totally on Christ himself. Amen? It's not our our sins that are filthy rags, but our righteousness or our attempt to be righteous in the eyes of God. The best we can try to do or be right with God by being good or doing good works without Christ doesn't amount to filthy or does amount to filthy rags. Okay, Uh, Luke chapter 18, and Jesus is speaking here, verse 9. Also, he spoke this parable to some, here it is, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous 
and yet they despise others. And that's what self-righteousness will do. It will cause you to look down and despise others. He goes on to give us the parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee looked up by everyone as, you know, religious, uh, righteous, uh, uh, you know, a devotee of the law of God, all right? And the other man was a tax collector. Uh, Jesus was, was master, of course, at parables and illustrations and real life stories. And here he's got on one extreme in society, someone held up high. And he uses the other person as someone, the general run-of-the-mill Jew in the streets of Jerusalem hated the tax collector. All right? How many of you love April the 15th? Nobody, all right? Well, they've changed it around so much, I don't even know when it is anymore. But generally, for most of my life, it's been April the 15th. And one year I can remember probably, I don't know, many, many, many years ago, it was like the night before, and, and all through the house, not a creature was staring, all right, was stirring, uh, uh, that my taxes were due, and I'm running to the post office before midnight, along with many others, I discovered, all right? So there's a lot of sloths in this city, all right? So, um, but uh, I, I've ceased to be one of those, all right, by the grace and help of God. All right, where am I at? All right, a tax collector. They were looked down on, why? Because they not only collected the taxes that were due for the authorities they were given to, but they collected extra for themselves, all right? They cheated people, and everybody knew it, but they got away with it just like a lot of people get away with cheating people today, or at least they think they do. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Boy, what a prayer. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Uh, I'm sure no one in this room has ever prayed this prayer. I thank God that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers. And then, as if that weren't enough, the poor tax collector is back there. He's come to church finally. He's kneeling back there. He's broken before God. And then the, the, the heathen uh, Pharisee says, and even as this tax collector... Um, I'm, I don't know what the tax collector did. I'm sure the Pharisee was praying out loud, as they usually did, so others could hear them. So I'm not sure if the tax collector looked up and said, I don't even know you. Why are you bringing me into your prayer? Uh, I don't know what he said or thought, all right? But uh, he wasn't about to challenge the Pharisee. They had a authority to, uh, to bring a measure of discipline or, or, or hurt to this person's life. He says, I fast, the Pharisee, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, let me just tell you right there, this is a good church member, all right? So in the average church, somebody comes up to us and says, you know, I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all our life. All right, let's put this guy here somewhere in a, you know, a whatever, all right? No, we, we, we don't do that, all right? We take them through a process, but 
they would be considered, certainly in many circles, as a good church member, especially if they didn't know the rest of this stuff. As the tax collector and the tax collector uh, standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, his chest, much as he wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? Anybody here? I hope you prayed that prayer before. Uh, God, be merciful to me. And he says, I tell you, Christ said, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be what? Humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. I tell you, this man, this tax collector, went down to his house justified. What does that mean? Jesus said the tax collector went to his house just as though he had never Sin. You can add that or think that when the word justified is used, just as though he had never sinned. He went to his house. Uh, his sins forgiven. The Pharisee walked in with a boatload of sin, and he walked out with even more because he sinned inside the temple. In verse 14, Christ tells us this, the way up is down. In other words, um, you humble yourself, God exalts you. Uh, the way down is to exalt ourselves. So let me say it this way, and I've used this before. Uh, it is God's job to exalt us. It is our job to humble ourselves. If we take over God's job, he will take over our job. Now, did you get that? So, if we take over his job and start exalting ourselves, God will take over our job and start humbling us. And guess what? God knows how to humble us more than we know how to humble ourselves, all right? He does a better job of, of it as well as anything else he does. All right, so here's the Pharisee. He had five characteristics these we don't want in our lives. All right, five characteristics. Number one, self-centeredness. He trusted in himself. Verse 9 says in that parable, he trusted in himself. He was self-centered. Uh, people that are self-righteous, they are man-centered, themselves centered. To be God-righteous means that we're centered on Christ. We're focused on God, not ourselves. All right, number two, he despised others. He despised others. Self-righteous people will despise others. Uh, they will look down on others. There's no way they can get around it. They will do so. They will despise others and judge others harshly. All right, um, I can't believe this, but when I first came to this church, I can remember uh, within the first year, and I don't know what made me have these thoughts, but I was running the sound, and it was a little metal building about 40 feet wide and about 70 feet long, uh, and I'm right back there behind glass running the sound, 
uh, which is a crazy place to be listening to, uh, to adjusting the sound. And so I'm back there, and I, the pastor's speaking, and I started thinking, you know what? I bet I'm more spiritual than he is. Um, have you ever thought that about anybody? Maybe you thought it about somebody in this pulpit other than me, of course. But anyway, and uh, so you, you were sitting there, and all of a sudden you just said, I thought, I bet I'm more spiritual than they are. Or somebody says something to you, and you're like, oh, my God, have mercy. I thought they were more spiritual than that. In other words, I thought they were up here with me, but they're not up here with me. They're way down there. So you, uh, and I don't know what made me think it, but then quickly I, I got out of that train of thought and dismissed it. But there for a, a few minutes, I was dealing with that and justifying and uh, making, coming up with reasons why I thought that thought was a righteous thought or a good thought in my ignorance, of course. All right, number three, let's see what he did, uh, what else he did, the Pharisee, when he was in there praying before God. Number three, he he compared himself with others. The Pharisee compared himself with others. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, and uh, it says, Don't compare yourself with others. Just look at your own work to see if you've done anything to be proud of. All right? Now, we're not to compare ourselves to others. We know that instinctively, but... Um, there are times that, that it's almost a, a challenge not to compare ourselves with one another. Um, I was sitting or standing over there earlier. I was listening to Pastor John lead us in worship. And I, I'm singing um, along with him. And God has created our ears, our whatever, in such a unique way that all of us sound good to us. Now, every one of you, think about it for a moment. You were singing, and some of you were just, you, were, you wanted to get louder and louder because you sounded so good to yourself. And I, I know that God did that to spare us, okay, uh, uh, for if we did not have his voice. But I was sounding so good to myself. But... Those of you online, when you heard Pastor John sing tonight, I don't know how he sounds to his own ears. I'm assuming he sounds good, all right? But uh, I know this. You hearing him, he sounds real good through the airwaves, into your living room or at your computer screen, wherever you are, on your phone. He sounds really good. I've listened to him before, uh, you know, at times when I wasn't here. I listened and I'm like, good gracious, he sounds good. Now, if I sang right now, broke into a song like I'm being tempted to do, uh, I, if I broke into Amazing Grace or something, um, it wouldn't be quite on the level. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I guess not anyway. All right, so anyway. Uh, no, I know not, all right? Um, I don't know what it would sound like. Maybe because you have never heard me sing, maybe you think, well, that was sweet. All right, but, uh, but he sounds one way. I may sound quite another through the airwaves. But see, I can't compare myself to him uh, because I know I will fail. 
Uh, you can't compare yourself to others because there's always somebody better maybe in some area than we are. So we don't compare ourselves to them. And, and the problem with comparing is either the person is better or worse. And we're not to do either one because if they're better, we're like, we can start thinking, why didn't I have that gift? And if they're worse, we start thinking, I can sing, at least I can sing better than them. No, um, we don't compare ourselves to one another. Say amen. All right, don't compare yourself with others, period. End of discussion. This is what the Pharisee was doing, and it was self-righteousness, all right, or being self-righteous. Um, so comparing yourself is being self-righteous. So don't compare yourself with others. God's given you gifts. God's given you talents. You got more than enough. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but I can do nothing except by him. All right, so there's a balance there. So we depend on Christ. He depends on Christ. We all are to depend on Christ. All right, so now let's go into the very thought of legalism as it dealt with the law. And uh, legalism, based uh, your, based your righteousness is, or basing your righteousness on the law, this is what the Jews did, changing gears totally here, all right? Well, let me, let me back up. I, I want to make two statements about comparing. Uh, I think this one is good. It's a uh, for me, it's uh, maybe it'll provoke thought in your mind. Comparison is the thief of joy and the stretcher of truth. All right? Comparison is the thief of joy and the stretcher of truth. When we compare ourselves with others, we are agreeing with the plans of the enemy. That's exactly, he loves for us to compare ourselves with others. Okay, now let's go to legalism and what the problem was with the Jews in the Old Testament as well as flowing right into the time of Christ, causing them to miss the Messiah. All right, so they based their righteousness on the law, making the law an end in itself and losing sight of the real reason the law was given. Why? was the law even given? Okay, in Matthew 22, it tells us, says, Jesus said to them, 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments, to love God and to love others. That is what the law was there for, was to cause people to love God and to love others. And, and what it did or what people made it do in their lives was cause them to judge others, look down on others, despise others, compare themselves to others. Um, that's what it caused them to do. Not the law, but their reaction or their viewpoint of the law. The purpose of the law was to produce love for God and love for others. Second Timothy, or First Timothy it is, First Timothy chapter one, verse five and six. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, from sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle 
talk. And that's what will happen when we stop focusing on love for God and love for one another. Then what happens? We get into idle talk. We start that comparison. We start despising others. We start judging others harshly, looking down our nose at others. We start with this idle talk. In Matthew 23, it says, verse 25, Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion, self-indulgence, blind Pharisee. First cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside may be clean. Also, self-righteousness produces spiritual blindness. self Righteousness produces spiritual blindness. In other words, if we are depending on anything, even things we do, even things uh, we work around the church, if we think this is making us more righteous, no, these things, we do things for the kingdom which are good, but they don't make us more righteous. I said doing things. You can usher, sing, sing on the platform, go down, uh, pray with people at the altar, stay till 3 o'clock when the last person leaves. Uh, uh, be there to meet any needs you can. It's not going to cause you to be more righteous, all right? Because Christ is the one that makes us righteous, not what we do, all right? So it's good to do work and ministry, but it's not going to make you righteous. And see... Uh, I grew up in a church that um, um, was a simile God church, but it was um, more, when I first was a teenager, it was more um, thought of as holiness. Uh, people called us holy rollers, even though I never saw anybody, maybe once in my life, anybody roll down the aisle. Um, but that's what it was all about. It was, you know, people would, get under the Spirit, and they do things. I mean, I'm not saying the Spirit was making them roll. They were just happy and wanted to roll. So anyway, it wasn't like they were forced to roll. They just wanted to roll. All right, so anyway, all right, that's another story. I shouldn't have got into it. All right, some of you are like, what is that all? All right, um, but our church kind of had an unwritten code of instructions or list of things to do and not do. Now, women did not wear pants where I grew up. That was men's clothing. <laughs> All right. Okay. Still, no, I'm kidding. All right. So, uh, uh, women didn't wear pants. You wouldn't catch anybody around where I grew up wearing pants if you went to the Assembly of God church. Now, if you went to the Baptist church, you were going to hell anyway, so you could go ahead and wear pants, all right? So, uh, I mean, people, they looked down on the Baptists, thought they were too worldly because some of them got outside afterward and smoked. So, uh, you know, it was a lot about keeping the outward. Um, you couldn't go to the movies when I was growing up. My high school took me to see Romeo and Juliet. When I was like in the eighth grade, I wasn't about to tell my mom. All right, I don't know what she'd have done. She'd broke out in tears, whatever, I don't know. But they, we, they were, we were taught against going to the movies. Uh, you didn't play cards. Oh, dear God have mercy. A deck of cards in your house, we still don't have any. All right, so anyway, um, uh, 
women's dress, extremely modest, uh, long hair on, on women, but short hair on men, okay? Uh, went home one time from Bible college. My hair was over my collar. I stopped and got a haircut before I went home, all right? I didn't want anybody, you know, thinking, my God, the boy goes to Bible college and backslides, all right? So anyway, um, jewelry, uh, <laughs> Anyway, our church was better than most, believe it or not. But there were just things you didn't do. We didn't have drums in church. Holy smokes. No siree. Drums. I don't know if they were the devil or what. Or nightclubish or what. I don't know what the deal was. I never found out. But uh, all these things were not good. Um, and um, so this can cause you, if you grew up in that kind of thing, and some of, how many of you grew up in something kind of like that, all right? Bunch of you did. I know you did. And Sunday, the hands would be going up all over, you, and you came here, and you're like, I'm not sure about this place. Um, I'm not sure they're righteous here. I see people dressed. I don't know. That guy's got long hair. Um, God will bring you out. Of, God is so gracious. He's so patient. He's so good and kind, and he will bring you out of whatever you've been tainted with, all right? And I, even though I wasn't a Christian until I was 19 years of age, I was still tainted with that. And I can remember the first time I went to Bible college, and I, I see long-haired guys that flip me out, all right? I'm like, dear God, have mercy. I've come down here, and there's heathens down here in Bible college, and and one guy had long blonde hair. He doesn't have any now. But anyway, so he was, um, he was a good friend and great guy. Still a good-looking guy. Um, but, um, and then I saw girls wearing pants. Um, and I've told this story before, but um, I'm in a church service in First Assembly, and I'm being spiritual. I'm like on the second row. Um, where all the spiritual people sit. And um, no, I'm kidding. Somebody's got to sit here. All right. So I'm sitting there, though, because I am spiritual. And um, so we're having service. And all of a sudden, I see a woman get up, go to the altar, and lay across the altar in stretch pants. <laughs> it wasn't that she had pants on. Because I I'm, I'm, don't think I've ever seen a man in stretch pants. I mean, I would have rather her had men's pants on. But uh, she fell across the altar, and she was, anyway. Um, so I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. Um, and in my heart, I was like, God, are you see this? I mean, it's like, <laughs> this shouldn't be seen in church. And, um, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God, so kind and gracious, spoke to my heart. Look at her. And I'm like, God, oh, I've already looked. And so, no, look at her. And I looked again. And I saw that woman weeping, crying, like that tax collector. And then he said, look at you. And then I saw the Pharisee. And I thought, my Lord, 
my God. And God started taking all that stuff and getting it out of my life. It was before that that I went to the same church. And there was a young girl, probably 22 or 3, that had real tight, <laughs> like, leather pants on. And when I became youth pastor at this church, I invited this group. I don't think I remember her being in that part of that group, but when they got here, she, she was one of the group. And I said, um, oh, I said, I saw you guys in Lakeland. You know what she said? She said, oh, I was so embarrassed. She said, um, I wouldn't normally have, you know, worn what I wore, but they lost my luggage or something, and I'm like, oh, dear God. <sighs> yeah, God loves us, and God is patient. And if we have pockets of self-righteousness in our lives, then God is so good to point it out, but we have to listen. I didn't have to look, and I didn't have to change. I could have stayed the same way um, that I was. But by the grace of God, I changed a long time ago. <laughs> and um, we've got a lot to cover, but no time to do it, not tonight. So anyway, bow your heads with us, please. Father, help us. Lord, in, in that parable you told Help us to be like the tax collector. Lord, as long as we're righteous in your eyes, as long as we're humbling ourselves before you, it matters not what somebody else says about us, thinks about us, but how they look at us. God, I ask you to help us. God, help us to know that our righteousness comes from you, and it's progressive. We're positionally righteous in you, and yet we allow this righteousness within us and this position to be worked out through our lives. For that, we praise you. We could never thank you enough. Now, Lord, touch us all. Help us. If there's any pockets anywhere. <laughs> Maybe it was from our upbringing. <laughs> God, I pray that all of us would lay it aside, humble ourselves. The way up is down to humble ourselves. When we humble ourselves, you exalt us. And it's totally and completely your plan and will to do that. God, we bless these people. We thank you for them. We thank you for working in all of our lives. We thank you for the progress we have made. We thank you that you are with us on the journey ahead. Bless these people, we pray. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thanks for joining with us in our pursuit of getting closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.